Hello, welcome to Dailies for uh, Friday, December 16th. It's currently um, minus 25 Celsius, feels like minus 33 Celsius. <laughs> uh, Chris, do you want to report in on what the temperature is in your area? This is not a weather podcast, but... We are on the positive side. <laughs> Can you do a quick oh, F the degrees? <laughs> yeah, it's like we are like, uh, we'll try to see where we are in one second. While you're doing that, I'm going to say this episode is brought to you by FeedPress. Visit feed.press slash dailyish today to sign up and try FeedPress for 14 days, no contracts or commitments. And you can use promo code dailyish to get 10% off your first year of hosting and service. They do podcast tracking stats, uh, RSS analytics, all that kind of stuff that you can actually host your podcast with them. They can feed it out to iTunes and everyone else in the world can subscribe. And then uh, you're good to go and all in one shop. You don't even have to set up a stupid WordPress install if you don't want to. That's uh, feed.press slash dailyish and then promo code dailyish. And also by Patreon supporters like you out there, if you happen to be watching, if I get it all to work, there might be a video version of this. So you could watch Christopher and I record this podcast. Patreon.com slash iChris is where you can get that. <laughs> Chris is doing an amazing uh, Rogue One pilot impersonation right now as I speak. And you'll only see that if you support me on Patreon for a dollar or more a month patreon.com slash i chris so chris the weather in austin uh is 55 degrees fahrenheit and 13 degrees celsius but i don't think this is a weather podcast right is it it's not because okay. otherwise i would just be yelling at you for an hour <laughs> oh weather hey hey man Weird how's it going world works it's good how are you doing yeah. doing all right doing great so the uh you actually pitched me on coming on to my show <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> after you invited me onto your show yeah. uh and with the premise being that we were both happening to see rogue one last night opening right this is which is odd because every time i talk to you about a new movie you say you haven't seen it right and that's like months after it's been in the movie theater right like like you've had plenty of opportunity to go see it no 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 <laughs> not plenty no, no, of opportunity <laughs> oh not plenty of opportunity sorry <laughs> this was an opportunity that i had I was, plenty of and so i took okay. it so okay but yeah normally kids get in the way of uh just uh, adding uh, to the cost of, ba- of going to a movie for us oh, yeah, okay. babysitters etc right. this time however right. my dad who's a financial advisor he also happens uh, anyways financial advisor guy and the company he does stuff with put it on an event for all their oh, advisors right. saying hey come watch star wars rogue one mm. and so he sent my myself and my brother-in-law who happens to be a big star wars nerd as well an Love invite it. My dad has never seen anything Star Wars. Didn't yeah. forgot completely forgot he was even going to this thing last night until the day <laughs> of, uh, and was I know happy to go along, but right. uh, so I'll maybe have to have him on sometime to get his review. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So, but it was like the full so, VIP experience that they oh, gave yeah. us. So like the cushy seats and the the beers oh. and the popcorns and the seats and all that. Oh, stuff. nice. So yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. Like, um, because we. As an event planner, like we, uh, <clears throat> sorry, uh, we do events, and so we there's a movie theater chain. Uh, let's start in, in Austin, Texas, and it's grown to many cities called the Alamo Draft House. Right, and there's, there's one in San Francisco, there's one in New York City now, and, uh, and so it's just a really great thing where they have like stadium seating, and they have servers come to you and deliver um, food throughout the night, and they have a menu, they have a custom menu, especially for Star Wars. Oh yeah, let me go get it one second. Chris is now exiting. Camera left. I actually snagged. Oh, nice. This is a, a special menu for those people on Patreon can see it. Uh, special menu for 
Actually, I have the plans. I have the plans upside down. So right. Um, so this is this is actually a circle menu with the Death Star on one side, and then the. Uh, did you have the, what they did at this theater? Is they had um, guys, the the bartenders, two bartenders had like one had a Kylo Ren outfit, which isn't really accurate given that it's Rogue One, obviously. Right. But another person oh, had Star uh, Stormtrooper, <laughs> but they lasted like about ten minutes with the helmets on, and they were just like sweating and oh, couldn't man, see drinks yeah. and couldn't. Yeah. Oh no way, man! Yeah, that's terrible, guys. Yeah. So uh, so not only do they have Alma has a special menu, which is just just this just had the food options, but they had like drink options. Like blue milk for adults, we had adult uh, liquid that you want to put on there, like adult uh, beverages. Yeah, and then one for the kids. So which is like, which I tried because I'm not a big drinker, and uh, and uh, and so that was just pure sugar going down. I was like, holy cow! <laughs> but uh, and then uh, they also had uh, uh, what, what steel drum uh, playing like because of the beach scene in Rogue One. They had like beach. Oh, uh, still drum players doing the Star Wars themes. Nice, and with 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 that in in the lobby, and uh, they got uh, the five hundred one first, uh, uh, the five hundred first. I guess uh, the people who dress up in Star Wars costumes. Uh, they were there for the for the beginning, and uh, it was pretty pretty awesome. It wasn't as grand as the uh, Return of Star Wars movies last year, but it was still just still pretty fun. Yeah, fun to do. So, um, but yeah, so I snagged this Darth Star. That's awesome. our plans. So, but um, the menu there. But uh, you were on. But the yeah. Board. So yeah. But uh, I'm getting back to a point. Is like, um, so we've done events at the Alamo Draft House because we just love it so much, and um, and uh, and talking to them and getting to know their event planner uh, better it is a big cottage industry. It's like a big business for them for all of December to rent ven- venues for businesses, right? Uh, like you know, like your dad's part of. So it's just. Because there's like they'll hire a movie theater and for businesses that may want to just put on Elf, you know, for the family or whatever, yeah. and or some like Christmas vacation movie or something like that. So, so this is maybe turning into a review of movie theater business. But what? <laughs> uh, how? That's what I was talking about with my dad because we're you know figuring out numbers and stuff. And like, do you think they pay? They must pay more per seat than they would if they were just selling it normally, or is it cheaper because they're sort of guaranteeing air quotes? You know, we're going to fill the mm-hmm. theater with ninety percent capacity. Uh, buying this many drink tickets, you know, all that kind of stuff. Do you think? Well, I don't know. Did you, does your theater have servers come up to you or not? Not in the. We were in. There's three VIP places, and I guess two of them are more VIP because we were in the one that mm-hmm. what didn't have servers coming right mm-hmm. to the seats, but okay. the other two do. Okay. So yeah, so um, it depends on you know, like the theater experience, but right. you know, there, it's still not cheap to rent out a venue. But then, um, but really, where I see just having worked with hotels a lot too, is that they make their money um, pretty hardcore on the food. Right. And so they'll give you a place. They can probably cut you some slack on seats, cost per seat, but you have to secure a food minimum. Like, right. Like per person will order like this much, you know, yeah. dollar sign of, of, of that. And so, um, you know, and I used to work for a co-working spot, space, one of the biggest in, in Austin, Texas. And every once in a while, they would rent out a movie theater and say, sign up. And they had more people than they could fit in the theater. But um, but they said, like, the minimum was, like, $10. And so that's kind of yeah for food. And so, and, like, and the food prices are, I think, kind of a little bit kind of pricey because it was, like, it's, like, unlimited refills but for soda. But it was, like, 4 bucks for 50 for soda. And I'm, like, yeah. Like I might as well just bring a two liter, you know, in my raincoat or something like that in my purse. And so, something like that. So, but uh, but yeah, but it's still like you know, so it's pretty. So I'm sorry to say, it's pretty easy to get the 
the ten dollar per uh, per person charge sometimes. Yeah, but, uh, but then um, and then also you know like uh, servers uh, work well for tips and all that stuff too. So yeah, so if if you be like, and so if you have a movie theater that's like two hundred people, you know that's like two hundred times ten. So that's pretty. Not cheap if you your event organizer are like on the hook for that, you know. Unless you're unless you're a big company with lots of employees and, and able and generating lots of revenue, it's it's a pretty easy thing to do in terms of like a morale booster and the year kind of booster thing. Yeah. So to so do and everyone gets gets together, but without talking for two hours. Like so, it's like you know, good movies is like probably the worst date boot thing you could do if you want to learn. You know your. You're like you know get to know the other person. Yeah. You, don't t- you don't talk to each other for two hours. So, <laughs> so in terms of morale booster, like we're good, we're together. You know, even though I see it, you at meetings all the time, but I don't want to talk to you. But uh, yeah, but I will sit here through this. So it's it's probably the easier you know Christmas parties to attend to. So the uh, uh, for folks who are uh, long time listeners of Daily, this episode will be a little longer than the usual ten minute. <laughs> Sorry just, about that. Just so you're aware. My stories are pointless and yeah. tangent. Not just because I have a guest on, but because, especially because it's Christopher who <laughs> who likes to talk, which is good. <laughs> That's why I have him on the podcast. It's good to have Sorry, people who like to talk and share stories. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the, the, the original premise of this conversation was a Rogue One review, or Rouge One, as they say in France. Um, mm-hmm. The... I'm not sure how to approach. I've done different sort of recaps, reviews of of movies and TV series, and probably for the sake of this podcast, we wouldn't go line by line of the show of the movie. Um, but I guess going into it beforehand set the stage for me as far as what your uh, level of anticipation. You kind of alluded to how you know that even the theater wasn't quite as done up as you know when mm-hmm. episode eight came out, obviously, or episode seven came out. Pardon me, so don't send me email, Star Wars nerds. <laughs> but like, what was your level of like a new hope for this oh my new my hope i thought it'd be as 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 grand as uh an episodic movie in the star wars but uh but i think people just weren't as excited but because also the last movie was the return of star wars if you will for people and in in pop culture and um and so um and i felt like maybe people just feel like rogue one wasn't uh, something they needed to see, or you know, there's you know maybe the maybe, maybe the election is kind of like depressed everyone, <laughs> but uh, but it wasn't well, yeah, it wasn't this as as or maybe there was some it was hard for people to figure out where Rogue One fits because we're actually going back like 50 years probably you know 40 years into the uh, Star Wars universe if you will, and so it's it would probably be harder for I guess the uh, non Star Wars fan to get into it, but it was still but it's still like the I read this morning that the, the tracking for financials is it's gonna be one of the bigger movie openings for the year, which is either sad for the movie industry in general <laughs> or good for you know the Star Wars you know movie uh, to continue. But uh, as I went personally went into it, I was really looking for something a little bit more grittier, uh, Empire Strikes Back ish, you know, type of type of movie uh, that really explored things, uh, and, and by exploring I mean, like new things. Rather than kind of um, introducing minor character, like not, introducing new characters that we all have to do with the next two, like episodic, like episode eight and nine, while also trying to do uh, fan service like, by bringing and introducing the old characters and you know because the uh, episode seven, I wasn't really a big fan of episode seven um, because I felt like the last scene, uh, not spoilers, but I felt like oh this is a Star Wars, like this has the emotional weight that the Star Wars movies usually have and so. Um, so I was looking forward to like seeing new things and, 
in this in Rogue One that would carry some emotional weight, see new things, explore the universe more without being tied down to the past. But still, in some way, we're still tied down to the past because of the mission is uh, to steal the Death Star plans. So yeah, uh, and, and so that's you know, so that's so that my hope is kind of high that we see a, a good movie. I did read the reviews going in, and they were really like. They either loved it or hated it, you know, pretty much. So it was, and one review was like, uh, it was like the headline was so bad. It was like, Star Wars gives a lot more or a lot less. Uh, like, I, it was like literally like more or less. So like, I don't really know which way you're playing with that. Yeah. But you're, you're probably gonna keep your job from the other day because <laughs> you did absolutely, you took no stance whatsoever. And I, th- I think but, for me going in, it was like, uh, I we talked on Slack before. And I said how I I wasn't gonna watch any. I watched the trailers for sure, but right. hadn't read any reviews or previews or you know even a lot. Like I just I knew where it fit obviously in the storyline, but I tried to avoid just reading stuff about it because I knew, just like you said, one way or another it was gonna raise or lower my expectations. And I kind of tried to go in fairly low expectations just because I, it's not supposed to be like it's not one of the big episodes in the storyline, so it's supposed to be sort of like a a filler in a sense in terms of uh, just going a little deeper dive on, on a smaller story as part of the bigger picture. And so um, I was, yeah, it, it was yeah going into it with that expectation, I guess, and trying to like remember stuff. Cause I hadn't, not a lot of folks probably went back to watch episode three again, just to remember what happened in there. I'm guessing. And I wasn't, I didn't either. Um, Cause like you said, the last movie for me too was episode seven. And so you're kind of like mentally doing a few sort of, juggling a bunch of different ideas and hopes in terms of like what you're going to seek, but knowing that nothing really that we're going to see is of any influence really for what's going to happen and what I've already seen has happened. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I thought would be awesome to to do for a movie theater, but I'm not sure if, uh, Disney would let people do it because you know, Disney owns the rights now is do a bundle, like do a, uh, two movie deal, like where you buy tickets to see, uh, Rogue One, and then show New Hope right after it. And right. that way, you you got to see like the whole entire like you know mega movie type experience, and you get to see that. But so far, I haven't seen that. Um, I would wonder like, if they'll uh, do that maybe you know in a month or two or something like as I yeah. come back again and watch it again, and then mm-hmm. whatever. Because say first of all, uh, we're not first off, but we're now ten whatever minutes in, but. We're going to have spoilers. We're talking about the movie as if you've seen it or you're not okay with spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, stop here and come back, I guess, later and and continue listening, (laughs) set a bookmark or whatever. Um, And we'll just spoil anything and everything in our path as we go through this. Uh, Assuming you've seen all the Star Wars movies and you've you've watched Rogue One. So um, because, yeah, like you said, they basically end the movie, Rogue One, right into episode four, which it did for me was like, that was a bit of what you're talking about where it's like, fun star wars stuff you can kind of see it happening you're like okay because it, it's kind of like the movie ends but then there's a little bit more at the end not like the marvel stuff where it's like after the credits but like literally you know you're still watching and you're like are they going to show oh they're going to show that okay are they going to show that oh they show that and then yeah, yeah and, and then how are they going to show leia and how you know how is that all going to work but um yeah it was there was a bit of that like i like you i would have loved to have done then just been like okay bathroom break and then come back and watch episode four yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I've done uh, marathons of uh, Marvel movies before, like the Phase One, like right. led to Avengers, and so that was like almost a whole day experience <laughs> of uh, of seeing that. But it was, it was, it was. I think that'd be pretty fun to do. I think, I think you're right, probably within a month or two, if not this summer or like next summer or whatever. Um, you know, they'll they'll be doing that because yeah. it's 
it's it's a slam dunk where they get Star Wars nerds into the into the theater <laughs> and some of that. So. Um, but yeah, but it's, uh, other than that, but um, what I love about YouTube, one of the things I love about YouTube is that uh, trailers are free for like commercial use. Like, so it's a public domain type of thing because it's an because it's an ad, and so you could use a trailer for anything you want without any takedown from um, you know copyright laws or whatever from YouTube. And so what people do is actually take the trailers. Like, because there's multiple trailers yeah, as they get hyped up and make a super cut of the trailer. And oh, yeah. so that kind of spoils me a little bit. So if you go find a super cut for Rogue One, it's like about, it's a really good chunk of change, like three minutes or something like that, I think. And I thought, so I, so I watched that, even though it's a trailer. <laughs> but so, so it gives you the idea, like, okay, this happens, this happens. And, um, and so I came with, there was some idea of like, okay, I felt bad. It's like, I came with the idea of like, okay, this is how a plot's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And I was kind of, Happy that it didn't play out that way, but there was actually more to the movie that needed to happen. So I felt that that was kind of good. So, um, so I'm kind of like not the best person to come in when re- to review movies, but I was, you know, I was, I was like, I came with a little like idea of like how I wanted to. So I came in there was like, okay, movie, surprise me, yeah, change my mind. But uh, um, I would say uh, my my pros are like I thought. Uh, I you know I'm a big uh, vehicle nerd. I love the new vehicles that they showed, uh, the new Tie Fighters. Um, you know I just I love I love the atmosphere of them, inter- how they interact with with things. Uh, uh, some things I didn't <laughs> didn't like, but uh, with that, but uh, we can talk about that later. But I just want to be more positive right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, I love the acting. I thought the acting was great. Uh, I thought the characters were unique, and, and I, I liked them a lot. Uh, you know, it felt like at the end for some of them, I felt like, oh, I'm sad to see them go, but it's a war movie, so that's the other thing. And yeah, that, you know, it, it, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. Is like, it, the, I f- found myself watching it. No, like, obviously, we all know what's gonna happen, and so you're kind of like, okay, are, everybody's gonna die, right? Because we don't see not everybody, but like all the people that are new in this this movie kind of have to die, or something drastic has to happen to them because they don't, they can't, they're not. Hopefully. They're not going to go mm-hmm. back and edit, re-edit episode four, and all of a sudden you see, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, Ky- they're they're not getting medals at the end of this movie. Yeah, because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> they're not around. <laughs> like, and that's where, like, I mean, you see the there is lots of Star Wars. Uh, what's the word? Like you know, lip service or, or tie-ins to people that you're actors and and characters that you're going to see in episode four. That you're like, oh, that person or that person, and so you know those obviously those folks are going to be around. But all the main characters, or a lot of the main characters, anyways are gone and so i found myself kind of it was a bit like depressing in a way and i mean they did it in a kind of a beautiful romantic way i guess of how they ended the world <laughs> basically but but yeah some of the i lo- i really love the vehicles like you said and the, and the, just thinking of like it the contrast of watching this and then watching episode four and how the space battles will feel so limiting where like this one, you're like, there's worlds below them. They're flying over land and water, right. like land battles and sky space battles. Um, and, and just how the, they couldn't do that back then, obviously. And when they filmed episode four originally and, and just the, even the, um, I don't know all the names of the ships, but the big, uh, sort of directorship guy with the sea squid looking guy, I forget what he's called. Yeah. Anyways, man center. Yeah. And he's like sitting in that chair and looking down onto the world and you get to see like the battle un- unfolding below him and stuff. And just like, yeah. and all the, the shots where they, and they, they did this a lot in episode seven too, where you're seeing a space battle, the ship goes destroying off into the, you know, spinning off into the distance or whatever and landing somewhere. And then they cut to another action sequence that's happening just as that thing finishes in the background kind of thing. And 
just all those tie-ins and, and just the, the the cinematic sort of journey you went on through those space battles where it wasn't just like battle here, battle there, battle there, and nothing was kind of literally connected, obviously storyline connected, but um, yeah. I, I, it really kind of just kept the action going and, and was really cool to sort of see all those. Yeah, it's important to remember like, uh, like episode Hope, that was cutting edge yeah. special effects for a time. And now it's like, you know, what do you want, boss? You work know, a little spaceship, space sea fight scenes. Okay, how many ships you want? All right, let's, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll just put feet into the computer. Not really. That's kind of. So I want to come back to some of the special effects thing. Obviously, there's characters with huge special effects, but or actors, or I don't know how you what we call them. But the one actor, um, the the guy who plays Orson Krennic, I forget what his name is, and the you mean the the lead bad guy? Or? No, the lead good guy, the dad of. Um, the, the guy who basically creates the Death Star, or theoretically one of the main guys. Um, and I just, I can't stand him as a, maybe as a person, maybe have a deep-seated, <laughs> maybe it's his facial structure or something. I just could not, I never found myself liking him enough to really care because he, as everybody else, he dies. <laughs> Spoiler warning. But um, yeah, when Jin, you know, anyways, she wrecks, rescues him or whatever, but eventually dies still. Um yeah, I just could not really care too much because he seemed like a really crappy dad <laughs> in the dad to daughter thing of like, and she obviously displayed great emotion and and sort of concern and 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 ha- sadness and happiness when she found out he was still alive. She thought he was gone, but like to not in this expansive space to wait until the Death Star is about to be built. That's when you send a message to your daughter. Uh, you know mm-hmm. that idea. I guess it just kind of felt like maybe he just has an evil looking face to me, or I've seen him in other stuff. Yeah. He's, bad guy and oh yeah he's james bond villain i think and or could be mixing up well, actors, but. yeah it was mads mickelson yeah yeah and so he's actually in uh the tv show hannibal which is a uh, precursor to uh science of the lambs right and uh it is a it's a kind of unique tv show um i didn't i didn't watch it till the till it was over and so we got the the blu-rays of it and it's a gorgeous uh, TV show, and he's just magnificent in as an actor uh, in that. And so I got caught up with watching that. So I felt uh, just great watching him. But I, t- I totally understand your point of view. Like, man, what, what a crappy dad, you know? <laughs> but uh, but but you have to understand. Like, it's a Death Star. They're hiding a, a small planet from the rest of the universe. You know, either like Empire's you know friends, which would be the you know their Senate. You know, it's been taken over. They can't tell them. Oh yeah, we uh, yeah. we're building a, a a death moon, and or and we can't tell the bad guys that we're building a death moon. So basically, I can understand where security is ultra tight, and so he, you know, it probably takes him a while to convince the uh, yeah, the mole, the mule, to like you know like, run know. away. Yeah, and so I can understand that point where like it's like you know it probably takes him a while to to get message out. But yeah, I could see like. You're sympathetic to bad dad, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like, I, I like the character. He's a great actor, and so yeah, I wish they gave, I wish they gave him more stuff to do in the movie, but they pretty much had to kill him right away in order for the movie to to get started for the emotional weight of the lead character. I was kind of surprised that how quickly or how far along the Death Star was in terms of where we were in the story. Like, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I like obviously I sort of knew that the little girl gets left behind or dad goes away and stuff to build the death star. But I thought maybe they'd have more of what's going on in that interim period. And obviously, you know, I forget how long it actually was a couple hours probably. Um, mm-hmm. And so there was lots of stuff in there, but it was kind of like, I, I expected the death star to still be under construction in some form, not right. like ready to go. Cause my memory of episode four is already 
like they were still testing. Didn't they do like a test of it in episode four? No, I think they, I think they're ready to go. Right. I think they're ready. Yeah, and so what? Um, um, but if you remember at the end of episode three, after Darth Vader makes this fam- infamous no, I uh, you know he's he's a pet now of the, of the Emperor, and they're looking to space and they're building the exoskeleton for the Death Star. Right, and so then Rogue One comes in like maybe like thirty. I forgot like maybe ten to thirty years later, and so that's plenty of time for them to like flesh out right the exoskeleton and yeah. that too. So and and you know Rogue One happens just like. 10 seconds before new hope uh starts so yeah it's really yeah most of the movies like yeah basically the lead up to episode four so yeah so so basically they should have a commercial of just me talking about that for disney <laughs> I'm like okay this is this is where Rogue one fits listen to this yeah. guy you know, <laughs> which you, you bring up it. a good point as far as the promotion of it and like how like obviously star wars nerds will happily figure all that stuff out but like for anybody even like i was talking to my wife and other people like okay like we just finished episode seven and now we're going back to before episode four and like what is going on and like there, there's that barrier to entry that yeah which i mean yeah because yeah, originally it was titled rogue one uh stores anthology which is kind of like it's a great word which means it's like have a throwback story yeah and but i bet then they changed it to a star wars story because i don't think anyone knew what anthology means you know except for us, you know, so, <laughs> yeah i felt like oh man we are a dumb, dumb nation. <laughs> so just like, no political like, commentary. <laughs> so it's like, oh man, I was just like, anthology, really? Because that was so cool. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So the was, the special effects, obviously, you know, is is on par with Episode Seven and and modern movie, obviously, and amazing. Yeah. Looks so incredible. Like in the same way, um, I don't know if you've ever gone, if you've gone back to what rewatch Lord of the Rings stuff, and it, like mm-hmm. some of the CGI stuff and and whatever, it looks actually bad now already um in some of the scenes here but like this i remember the scene where like i forget like hundreds of tie fighters um yeah tie fighters are are flying out of the oh man like almost like swarms of of ants or whatever flying out of this the one ship and like it just like just thinking about how the impossible that would have been episode four level for sure and even see like the cgi of that in episode one to three when they're making and how like they would have had half of that maybe because it would have just taken years to render yeah you know the the scale of that alone yeah yeah because in return of the jedi there's i think it's admiral akmar akmar's view and he's looking at looking out and then all these tie fighters uh coming at him and i think i remember special i think it was like 78 or 80 tie fighters <laughs> or 80 things that they had to put on the screen and they had to almost do it by hand or whatever but uh and we, what they usually do is like I think they cut a hole into the film and they plug it in with the uh, with the with the Tie Fighter thing coming at you. And so it was like a really laborious process, yeah, to get this view of all these Tie Fighters coming at um, at the in terms of your point of view when you see it on the screen. And it's just like it was like this is the most number of like you know <laughs> special effects on a screen ever done before. And and for this movie, it was just like here have a couple hundred Tie Fighters, we'll just throw them at you. And I was like. If this was like an original Star Wars movie, that ship that they're about to hit would be dead. It'd be like just a big amount of rubble, you know, and just just destroying into the planet yeah. below. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't thinking of Tie Fighter. It's the uh, what's the the um, the Empire's Tie Fighter equivalent, like that the with the two wings on the side and the. I'm sorry, Star Wars nerds, you're rolling over in your grave right now. Anyways, whatever those ones are, the bad guys ones. <laughs> 
which I guess goes back to where a bit of like my with my love with Star Wars is that I love it. I love watching it. I love introducing it to my kids. I love rewatching it all happily. But I like I don't get really lost in the minutia of, of specifics, which probably drives some folks mad. But um, but I still like recognize characters that you're you're coming at you out of nowhere and like Jimmy Smith is in this uh, yeah. as which he was in episode three but that's again where it was like timeline I was like okay was he in episode seven and then I was like no no he couldn't have been in episode seven because obviously that's way in the future he must have been in episode three and that's where I yeah trying to remember who is what and where um, yeah yeah because uh, Jimmy Smith is uh, just for people who know uh, uh, Leia's adopted not adopted but like his uh, he takes over raising Leia pretty much right and so so that's why. Yeah, and yeah. so he's a little bit older now in the, in the movie, so he's aged a little bit. As was, so have we all. Yeah, and so, <laughs> since the first episodes one through three, so. Senator Ball Organa is the uh, yeah. wiki, wiki wiki will reveal to us. But yeah, um, the acting. Speaking of the actors that they brought back, the mm. um, the main the ones that we were like at first, you're like, how is that even possible? And then you realize, oh, it's CG. <laughs> Like yeah. the the admiral is it I think and, and General Tarkin is or General Tarkin yeah yeah and Leia for sure obviously mm. uh, spoiler yeah that's a big spoiler yeah, yeah. <laughs> but said, it, but but a big conversation for us after we saw it was the uh, it's the thing called the uncan- uncanny valley where things look to they look similar but almost similar like almost to what the original was but not enough yeah to like it looks kind of weird. And I thought General, uh, it was sometimes called Governor Tarkin, I thought he looked great. I thought he did, they did a great job uh, of making his face, because he he passed away um, and so uh, a while back. And so I thought he did a good job in, in re- re- reconstructing uh, his face. Um, some of his acting, like, you know, his facial texts, I think, aren't, um, aren't, uh, aren't, Aren't exactly what I would figure that he would do, but for the most part, they did a great job. But I did I didn't mind watching his face on there. Uh, when at the very end they have Princess Leia, I thought that was a very uncanny valley. I was like, I, like that's not yeah. Princess Leia. And um, in fact, I was making an argument uh, in uh, afterwards, like they should have just hired someone who looks like Princess Leia did back then, like Carrie Fisher did back then. And just dub her lines because that would have been um, a little better, I thought, maybe. So that's yeah. just, but uh, that's just my point of view. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting test, and I w- I wonder. Uh, I forgot to ask my dad about that, but I, you know, like somebody who isn't Star Wars savvy, let's say, and someone who is less movie savvy, even whatever, that just kind of casual casual movie watcher. If they watch that, are they going to pick up that those are CG act air quotes actors, or are they? Is it close enough that it passes over most people's sort of recollection or view of it? Because like Tarkin, uh, yeah, Tarkin was it? Yeah, when he, he first comes on, you're like, okay, that that can't happen. <laughs> He's not because yeah. it is that good. And then and then there's like you know there is just some things where you can see that it's okay. And maybe it's from playing too many video games too, where you're like, okay, I can see now what I, how they're doing that. But um, yeah, it, I'd be curious to know what the average person watching that you know, sees and if they, if it pulls them out of it too much, like it kind of did for you and I, you know, just sort of recognizing it. But, uh, and I agree like Leia's the character or the actor or whatever, um, definitely sort of felt off. It felt more cartoony almost than real. And so then you're like pulled in multiple directions, kind of emotionally almost. Cause 
I think it almost would have been better if they just left it from a behind the shot, behind her shot mm-hmm. as she's getting the plans and then just yeah. cut to black or whatever rather than actually revealing her. It, it felt like too much of a, oh, here's this big trick we're going to play on you and show you how great <laughs> you did. And it's like, oh, you didn't, you know, like the big reveal yeah. of a whole, whole makeover room. You're like, ew, I don't really like that. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed, it was supposed to be this shiny moment where like, we just put the stamp on this movie, like, bam, it's delivered. Yeah. It, that's the way it was supposed to. And I just felt like, no, I just, I did, that did not work. I would love <laughs> I did that. The, yeah, the, I, I felt, uh, arguments going back and forth, I'm sure in the, you know, editing room to the, VR room to the management room or whatever, not VR, but um, to the, yeah, even at the producer level, et cetera, and, and director, you know, and like whether to include that or not, I'm sure we're fairly heated just because you can mm-hmm. tell it's not perfect. And so they had to yeah. have had some discussion about do we do it or yeah. not, you know? Uh, I felt it was like, well, hey, Bob, we paid for the CGI. <laughs> we we got to use it. I mean, we paid for it. Like, we got to use it. And I, and I was thinking, like, what if they just didn't have that scene? They just had that scene where the ship just goes into space, right? Yeah. Into this big void of space away from the battle. And then you're just, then you go to the movie to the end, to the next part where you don't know if they, if they, it succeeds, right? Yeah. But that's, but that's not the point of the movie, right? The point of the movie is about hope against all odds, which is what Star Wars is about. And so they just should have just shot that off in the space. And so if your only Star Wars movie is Rogue One, right? You come in blind, you could still come up and, and pick up. The next episode four, right, and just and go see that, yeah. And um, so that that'd be my uh, thought was like, don't don't tie in all the loose ends, even though they're not really loose ends. Yeah, it's obvious. Watch the next movie, but yeah. So and I felt like you don't need that scene. You don't need. And um, the other scene that I thought was like totally badass, but not needed, was that uh, when when Vader starts killing people on the rebel ship. He's just like a master ninja warrior, you know, yeah. just like he's like, he's a ninja. He's not like a, a, a Sith Lord, but uh, um, because it's like this weird scene where it's all dark and then he comes out, his lightsaber turns on. And I was like, you know, I went my pants a little bit because <laughs> I was just like scared. I was like, oh my God. And so, but then he charts like doing this like ninja, like, like I really don't. Yeah. Know. This is a guy who was in a milk bath like two minutes ago. Yeah. And, and so he's come out and like, that's where yeah again it felt like they could have i kept expecting them to cut the movie and like end it i was like okay now they're gonna oh no now they're gonna yeah it's like even when vader comes out and you know the door blast is about to happen i was like okay now they're gonna cut it because we're gonna not see him actually come through and then we're gonna you know episode four will happen but then he lights his lightsaber i was like okay now they're gonna (laughs) cut you know and just like go out on that or whatever and like what's gonna happen because i thought they'd show more of him chasing i know it's like literally basically right before episode four but i thought they'd show more of him chasing them around the galaxy not that that was going to be the actual moment that it was going to happen you know and and like you said like sort of leaving just a bit of ambiguity there so that you're not like literally yeah knowing the next step is is that or whatever episode four so right uh, and and then and then um i hate to i just i'm very critical of this movie but uh uh, my other complaint was that, you know, Darth Vader is doing his thing, and then our heroes, after going to the top of this tower, uh, to send the plans off, you know, to you know, hopefully that that changes it. They realize that they're like dead, like they're just dead, right? So what do they do? They go to the elevator, and apparently there's a secret button that takes them to the private uh, beach villa <laughs> that bypasses all this war. Yeah, that's going on, right? And so they bypass their all the the emperor's like soldiers, you know, the stormtroopers, and they get back on the beach. Yeah, and I was like, 
how did you get back on the beach? That t- that would take a lot of effort. After you must have you have like no adrenaline. So like there must be some easy, fast way to get to the beach and just plop down in the sand. Yeah. And so, and my other thought was like, oh my god, the ending of Westworld, which I'm not sure you watch Westworld, yeah. Now, but uh, but well, there's two robots, uh, like the uh, the kind of lead. They ended their scene on yeah. the beach in each other's arms. I'm like, oh my god, that's a scene in Westworld. <laughs> they just like pull back and you're like, and there's Anthony Hopkins directing. I'm like, oh my god, Anthony Hopkins on the beach too. Oh my gosh, yeah. So exactly, I was like, oh my god, that is not good. It's not a good way to end the movie because I, I thought they were just that'd be just a perfect thing just to watch, just still stay on the platform, realizing you're dead. This is and watching, yeah, like um, at the moment, the battle below, yeah, watch it and see your friends de- dead, which is like not what I want them to see, but like the emotional weight of yeah. that. And then you see up in the horizon, you know, this this t- tsunami wave of death coming at you, and that's a perfect time to like say all they need to say, yeah. You know, or, so. kind of the like like luke hanging on to the bottom of cloud city or whatever you know that like sort of just like at the end of the world basically and we're yeah and and in the moment and the space and the time that they actually you know completed their mission mm-hmm. and then collapse there kind of thing like you said i think right. would have been much better um, right and go ahead you're oh yeah and and they're like on top of a communications array so they could talk to anyone they wanted to right. <laughs> and like hey can we get some help yeah you know down here, like, hey, you know what? You know what we really need? A beach. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, the, no, we call for help. No, no, a beach. It's like they they had it in the contract. They had to they had to die. We have to. We can't in our rebellion yeah. contract. We have to die. It's too hard yeah. to work us into episode four. So let's figure out a nice way to do that. Rather than like, hey, there's a ship right there. We could just like, if they flew by us, we could probably do some sort of grapply hook thing and right. get out of here, you know, and maybe figure out what we're going to do with these plans or whatever. Rather than relying on. Mm-hmm. Uh, transmission that we think went through, and it looks like it went through, but how do we actually know it went through, and <laughs> right. yeah. all that stuff? But I, I yeah, think, I, go ahead. Yeah. I was, yeah, I think they had to have a death scene just for the kids, you know, just yeah. for, <laughs> for the kids because because it, it, like the, the it's, it's the lead actress like of the movies. Like you just can't have that's the one part they can't have any ambiguity about. Yeah, and they just can't say like you know, for, but other other things they can have like, but uh, but I felt like that's why he's like, well, for the kids we can't. We'll have them like a. It's a nice beach scene with a sunset fueled by a atomic explosion. I thought when that thing went down originally, I was like, "Oh, they missed!" Like what you know when they they shot the planet because yeah. they they shoot off to the side, which I understand makes for a nice like you said like tsunami wave of death coming. But yeah. why not just shoot it right into the middle of this whole thing where they were? Everybody was. So you're like nobody's getting off right now because it start you know like they did with the city earlier um, that they where they destroyed the planet or whatever like started shot it right into the city everybody's done you know uh, yeah. so initially i was kind of like oh they missed it it's they're gonna get out they're not gonna have to die on the beach <laughs> well well that was tarkin's first shot so maybe right. he didn't get yeah. the owner's manual just well enough you know he wasn't doing like the lining up i loved how some of the, <laughs> the graphics and the gooey sort of stuff in the in the spaceships that they show, shown was yeah. still like harken to what episode four looks like yeah. rather than yeah. like what you know in episode seven and stuff where it's a little more fancied up but like still right. just like lining up little ascii ships on the, on the screen yeah i thought for, for a second we get like the how 9000 screensaver right like all those uh, old graphics from how that it's like i'll oh, we'll just throw that in there for a second yeah. it's, it's old yeah you know? uh, like nice little line art vector art that we could do that they could do at the 
at the time. So, so yeah. the 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 big thrust or like one interesting sort of discussion I think maybe we can end with is like the the idea of how this ties up a big plot hole or or you know storyline issue people always had I always had with episode four was like why would the the Empire build this Death Star with a fairly obvious like pipe right down to the middle if you happen uh-huh. to drop a wrench down there it might destroy the whole thing yeah um does the I felt like it 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 sat well enough with me in terms of Star Wars storytelling that that yeah. could happen and how this guy, you know, built this flaw in it so that the rebels could actually do it rather than like going, he knew they were going to actually do it. They're going to build it somehow with or without him. So he'd rather be involved and be able to like, yeah, plant a, a, a metaphorical bomb, I guess, for it later right. on. But how did that sit with you? Oh, that's it's it's okay with me. I didn't have a problem. Like, I love the joke about it because uh, you know, Adult Swim has a Star Wars uh, parody. Like, everyone has like a joke about like, oh, they couldn't cover up a two meter you know, exhaust port, you yeah. know, with a piece of plywood. But um, but I felt the uh, but yeah, and that's like I felt like they oh we'll we'll explain that away. And so um, I thought that's okay. I think they still have to go back and do like uh, Rogue Two uh, with the mission plans for the Bothans who die and explain why. It's okay for two meters port wide to be open for uh, Luke Skywalker to, shoot, to 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 blow up the Death Star, but when you have in Return of the Jedi, a Millennium Falcon can just fly through the Death Star. You know, that's right. a little bit bigger than two meters. Like, hey, maybe we should have learned something. Like, <laughs> it's just like you know, X wing just flies through it, like yeah. no problem. That's what. Maybe yeah, pro- watching it with my son, who was I think eight at the time, even when we, he watched the seri- the original series first uh, for the first time, and he was kind of like. Wait, because we had just watched episode four and episode five right after. Like, they're doing the same thing again. <laughs> like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I, th- I agree. I think it, like for this one, I think it, it's great. I think that I don't know if that's an official plan or not to do a between episode four and episode five to do another story. And I've heard like a Han Solo uh, standalone movie is coming or whatever. And two, so. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's. I think in summation for me anyways, it it's, I still love the movie. That's again, going back to earlier where I don't get lost in like specific details. I, I like, I can appreciate some of the specific stuff and whether it comes off good or bad. Um, it doesn't really phase my enjoyment of the movie as a whole. And I'll happily like, you know, my son, when I was leaving for it, like three or three times before I left, he was like, you're so lucky dad. You're so lucky. <laughs> Cause I got to go <laughs> see the movie or whatever. And, uh, like I'll happily see it with him again. And then when it comes out on video, yeah. et cetera, um, mm-hmm. it's, I, I can probably, aside from like I, my, my Star Wars, I, I noticed on Facebook you post sort of your ranking and like yeah. of all the, the episodes or the movies and uh, definitely episodes one to three are like substantially lower. I don't really go back unless I, like with my son, I'm going to probably watch them just for one time with him and that'll be enough. Um, yeah. I don't get a lot of Star Wars enjoyment out of those ones, but yeah. but definitely four, five, six and seven and now this one too are like, I can just happily rewatch them anytime and and yeah. enjoy it so how about yeah, you, you can definitely go for, yeah you can definitely go through rogue one all the way to episode seven like the rogue one episode four five six and i seven. was wondering about episode three like just i can't i know there's a lot of like just annoying battle mm-hmm. stuff which yeah. i know for a kid would, would be awesome to watch but right. i think i was thinking maybe starting with episode three and mm-hmm. going forward just because then you get at least some of the like the little neat callbacks to people like jimmy yeah. smiths or whatever so you know who he is but right um yeah anyways. yeah like as a star wars fan the first half hour of episode three is fine like it's like it's a little like uh, whatever like sometimes but uh the first half hour like hey this is this feels like a star wars movie and then it just falls back into like uh seriously 
have to do and like in the fight scenes are a little bit more interesting because they, they go to different planets um but and then that no they just no for the darth vader and like but you get to see the darth, darth vader how he comes into being yeah and that. Um, but um but that's pretty okay you know you know so you can see it it's it's definitely not the worst of the three <laughs> of uh of the three uh prequels that lucas did so and i, I just uh so yeah that's my recommendation for you if you need to see it but uh uh, but I feel like um, you know uh, the uh, the cartoon show that uh, Disney did the uh, what's it what was it called? Uh, it's called Rebels now, but it was called Clone Wars before. Yeah, the, the last seasons of uh, Clone Wars was actually uh, pretty good, and then the Rebels TV show for kids, you know, was really good in terms of telling the story and stuff like that too. So it's so I don't know if you're someone you've ever seen those yet. Yeah, we've watched some of the the. They, that's what's annoying about Netflix is that I'm like, why don't we finish watching the the Star Wars, the what's the Clone Wars, you know, if that, and like, yeah, we want to, and then you know, I'll find they'll be watching some other random crap on Netflix, cartoons or whatever that is less interesting, uh, and so <laughs> they they don't they don't have that like desired completion that I do, the OCD part part of my brain that like I need to yeah. finish this series or whatever. I'll, I'll, yeah. I still have time to teach them about about that, I guess, but. <laughs> But in terms of Rogue One, OCD. yeah, Rogue One for you, where does it, how does it sit now, having watched it once and the day after? Well, uh, yeah, they were. Um, my other, I would say this, my other complaint with it is that, um, you know, it's a war movie, things are getting heated a lot, but I felt like there was more anger uh, expressed in Han and Solo. Han trying to get, no, Han, Han Solo trying to get Princess Leia to evacuate Hoth than there was in this movie it was just for like just people just getting by like you know like, like right. they're just like like even though they're in prison they're pretty cool they're pretty chill yeah they're pretty in prison you know and return of the jedi like luke was like fell down jabba's uh you know trap he had this like rancor monster coming after him he was freaking out you know he's freaking out yeah and he was in prison right but they, they, they have people in prison like oh well this is pretty chill yeah, even for uh, <laughs> for the main guy, jeez, uh, I'm sorry, I should have. But anyways, how he like when he's in prison, it's like he says, "It's this first time for me in prison." Yeah, yeah. And he's he's the one at least who's like trying to get out or whatever of yeah. prison a bit. But even still, it's not like a oh well, it is. Pre-, you know, he's pretty much like I guess this is where I'm going to be unless I can figure something out. But yeah, whatever. I guess I had a mission, and oh well. <laughs> yeah, so that was my only thing. And then um, there's a couple of points in the movie where like. Um, you know, where, where he, um, I think, I think his name is, uh, Diego Luna, I think is, is, is his actor's name. Right. And, um, so he plays, uh, Casey Andor. Yeah, that's right. His name Casey Andor. Um, and so there's a scene where he has to go kill, uh, the spoiler, like he has to kill, um, uh, Jen Urser's dad. Right. And yeah. so he, he's, 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 he's got like a spotlight, like, not like whatever, um, was a long distance rifle to, to go kill him. Sniper rifle, yeah. Yeah, sniper rifle. And so, but he could totally, but he feels like, oh, I regret from like, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't pull the trigger. The big emotional weight to the movie. I didn't feel the weight of that, that scene whatsoever. I, and I felt like, okay, don't kill him. Kill his boss. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, um, cause I felt like you didn't really need, cause like, then the boss has to go see Darth Vader. And that's how he pulled in Darth Vader. And I felt that's the initial scene with Darth Vader where, um, and, and, and our review of the movie after, after seeing it is like hearing Darth Vader pull puns was not really what you want to hear. Like, cause Darth Vader is an evil badass who plays it straight. 
Yeah. You know, and the cartoon, he's a little bit more, you know, when he's on the um, light side, he's kind of like more fun and, and does puns and does crazy stuff. But when he comes to Death of Darth Vader, he's just like, no, no personality. He's just there to kick your butt. And yeah. uh, so that was a little jarring to see that. And, uh, um, and, and the, in the video games I played with, with, with when Vader shows up, he does their, have puns. So that was like, I don't really understand that. But in terms of, like, yes, like how, how I waited, I felt like it was uh, kind of the third best Star Wars movie. Like, I, I would put Return of the Jedi down the fourth. So it'd be like Empire Strikes Back, New Hope, uh, Rogue One, Return of the Jedi, because I can't, you know, the idea of teddy bears saving the universe after everything. Your anti Ewok uh, in your platform. Yeah. No, I'm not anti Ewok. I, like, I love, I love teddy bears. But uh, you know, I just feel like I don't see, you know, Ewoks really just given empire bad a bad time so um and then and then the prequels after that yeah but, uh, but then in episode seven after but yeah I put episode seven above right right below rogue one and then probably return of the jedi so but yeah but uh, but something like that yeah how about the speaking of comic comedic relief i forgot to mention the mm. new droid that obviously every star wars movie has to have some sort of new droid to sell new toys and whatever but <laughs> the, yeah the uh k2so i had to look at look that up yeah you know, but uh, I, I I tweeted out uh, to Alan um, Chunik, I think is how you say his name. Chunik, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, he stole the show, you know, because I said like uh, my thing was that it's a very it's a war movie, it's very tense, and then he comes out and um, with his first joke it lands, and then it felt like a Star Wars movie at that point because there's going to be some comedy comedy in there, um, you know. Hopefully, I don't think he had most of the jokes. I wish. Other people had jokes. Yeah. Other characters in there, but he had the joke and I felt like, oh, okay, you know, it's a Star Wars movie now because because yeah. there is some comedy, uh, there's life happening uh, elsewhere and it happens to become from, uh, you know, a robot. Yeah. So. And, and unlike C-3PO, who's, you know, they make an appearance, obviously in R2-D2, they have to throw them in there just for a, a moment just so that everybody's like, oh, but um, I don't know. I, I think the fan service stuff is, is necessary, I guess, and it's fun. I don't take it too seriously as far as whether it should be there or not, but it's, it is, it is what it is and they'll continue to do it. I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, I felt like he, the, he plays like the voicing of it and it's sort of droid ish, but it's still his voicing obviously, um, was much just sort of like the, in terms of comedic comedic relief, a much more palatable and even in the face of like, you know, death happening, he, you know, he does the droid jokes or whatever of probability and stuff like that, but it wasn't, didn't feel too heavy handed and too like in your face. Um, but like you said, I, right. I think he was kind of like the sole comedic relief almost in terms of people who should be giving comedic relief for the movie. <laughs> um, and so that was a, a bit of like, okay, he's on screen. It's going to be a joke. You know, it's kind of the, almost a feeling by the end of the movie. Um, but, but like for being purely, um, I'm assuming mostly CGI, I don't know how, how, um, why am I blanking on the director of episode seven? Um, uh, anyways, yeah, how he wanted to make, you know, do real life effects as much as possible and then use CGI as, as sort of a, oh, yeah. an, an DJ, DJ, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, whereas I don't know with Gareth Edwards, I think it is, um, how, you know, sort of strict he was to that idea. I think a lot of it, obviously with some of the actors being CGI were, you know, obviously he's free to play with that, but, um, but having it be just a CG slash realistic looking robot and all the emotion is basically through his acting, his voice acting. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he did great, like incredible amount of just the connection between him and, uh, Jin or so, and just their interplay. And as well as with, um, 
Cassarian or Cassari or however you say his name. Um, you know, the the sort of relationship they have and when he dies and stuff and gives his life for them, etc. Obviously, spoiler. Um and stuff like that. It plays really well and lands really well and isn't doesn't feel forced or just sort of yeah. stuck in there as a and now the robot saves them and they you know, continue on. It's, it kind of like you sort of, I went into that scene anyways, thinking the robot's going to figure out a way to continue on in the story with them, not die. Cause again, it felt a bit like, you know, he has to, he can't continue on exactly as he is, but mm-hmm. um, you know, in the sake for the sake, just for the sake of marketing and selling toys, like it's a little less exciting to buy your <laughs> K2SO yeah. toy, knowing that he gets completely destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, well, they can still bring him back because, like, it's, he's a droid, so he just they can True. bring back his voice at least. So it would be like, be like, you know, you know. That. So I, I feel like, I think uh, he's the kind of like the um, the breakout star, and so I could definitely see him coming back in a Star Wars movie, like a either the uh, Han Solo movie that they're doing, um, the young Han Solo movie, or even if, uh, Episode Eight, they can bring him back and say, but not have him be the same character, but maybe a different droid right. with his voice. Yeah. So. But uh, but yeah, um, um, do you want to hear like a really minor minor complaint? Sure. Then we'll as wrap a Star Wars fan, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll cut it under. This just under so minor. Like, you, just, this, you, just, you, you cut this part right here. And, like <laughs> this will be like the extra. This is the later like, part. Walking in, we're like, no, they should have no, cut it when not... uh, Chris started talking about this. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that was like awesome. So like, so she goes up to the platform, and um, and it's like, oh, the the antenna's not aligned, right? Which is like, oh, whatever. And so like, oh, how do I t- align antenna? Well, I go out onto this gang <laughs> walkway, right? And there's controls over there, which is like, okay, so you need controls to see how the, the antenna dish is lined up visually, right? Totally cool. But the uh, controls are the same controls that they're like, they look like inside, you know, the buildings and, and the yeah. Death Star, right? Like, which is totally cool because it's a uh, controlled environment. But here we have like, you know, sandstorms, we could have like, water i'm like these controls are not waterproof dude these this is not material military grade yeah. uh controls man like you get some sand in here and these gears will just lock up i don't understand yeah so i was like man this guy whoever designed this set is just not doing a good job he's not taking the sand into consideration because <laughs> we're always, and then and then you had the uh my other complaint was that the plat the color plat palette for all the Rogue One, that like the core team for the Rogue One and the ship, pretty much all the same except for the machine gun guy who has red, color red in his in his outfit. And I, I would have liked it if the two people that they picked up off that planet onto the ship, the uh, the Jedi, you know, enthusiast, enthusiast, yeah. people, and the machine gun guy, they were like had um, kind of color like they had that planet sand more on on their clothes right. and, and kicked so they stood off a little bit different and they could actually feel like like yeah they're part of the team but they kind of are different because everyone just had the same yeah they all same kind of blended fatigues. together yeah. yeah yeah so that that, that was my thing because like even in the star wars episode four you know uh you know uh, i think luke's outfit looks similar to in style of uh obi-wan but obi-wan wore brownish and you know whatever but they said like the same kind of tunic but you compare that with han han was like had the vest and like dashing and of course Chewie just had hair but uh but yeah but i felt like that would have been a little bit different just to have nice like kind of a more of a rogue gallery rogues gallery yeah of things or not, not everything looked which like, kind of lends itself to like how disposable everybody actually was and you kind of knew yeah. they were like the what is it the red shirts and star trek or whatever like they're going down to be fodder so that we can watch them all basically die 
yeah. uh, and not not remember them ever again from yeah. <laughs> Rogue One. So, so, so my question to you is like, who died the the best? Like, who had the best death scene? Ooh, that's tough. I'm trying to think of because uh, <laughs> it's funny actually. Now that we we talked, I wouldn't have thought of it really as a a movie full of death, but there was like like we said at the beginning, like everybody has to die basically, or a lot of the cast has to die. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I mean, the the cinematic version. I didn't like it in the storyline, but the cinematic version of like the, everybody, you know, the two, whatever friends, romantic interests. I don't know what they were sort of left as, but on the beach with the wave of death coming in on them, is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I kind of liked. Uh, I, I don't know how you say his name, Trit Imwe, the the Jedi enthusiast or whatever. Just like you knew it was going to do something like that, where he's going to go out, he's going to use the Force in some way, and but it, it felt like watching him walk across this field of, you know, gunfire and everything uh, to try and save. And you knew it was going to work, but, and then he'd probably die right after. But I actually, that just the connection between him and uh, uh, I forget his name, Baz, some, Baz Malbus or whatever the guy, the machine gun guy that was with him. It was, I liked the pairing of those two together, the contrast that they had in character and style and, and everything and how they're kind of like caring for each other, but not really, but then obviously really do, when it comes down right. right down to it, I thought that sort of played very well. And maybe in repeat viewings, it wouldn't be as emotional because you'd know, obviously knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, for them, how about you? What's your fa- <laughs> it's like a funny, uh, like, favorite Star Wars death? Um, let's see. I think uh, Bodhi. I felt like I felt more uh, concerned for him because he actually went through a trial of like having his mind like, uh, uh, harassed, assaulted. Right. Um, and he's trying to do something good after years of Imperial training. You know, he, his arc seemed, uh, I could relate to more, you know, even though I saw uh, Jen's, you know, whole whole storyline, I felt like, um, maybe because I was projecting what I thought his, his arc was. And just to have a stormtrooper throw a grenade into the shuttle and just, uh, and blow him up. It's like, oh man, you just, you know, death's about to happen. You know, you can see this grenade about to go off. There's nowhere to run. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if what I did was, you know, right. You know, like, you know, um, I felt like, you know, that was probably like a really bad, bad way to go <laughs> so in terms of that. Cause maybe cause I'm a little bit claustrophobic and I'm like, oh my God, I just want those grenade <laughs> while I'm in the closet. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's not bad. Yeah. It's like, it was kind of a sad way for him to go in the end. Like you, it felt like after all this, like work of getting this stupid cable from point eight, like the sort of video game mechanic of like, you have to complete this quest and then you can move on to the next phase. And his next phase is small confined space with a grenade. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's a totally Disney thing to do. I found like it it happens a lot more in Disney movies, especially the cartoons and stuff that is like what they want to do. They show you how like, Oh, it's easy for me to do this. Um, oh, that's taken away. Okay, I have a plan B, and then as I uh, accomplish plan B to accomplish, you know, get in the line, um, and then all of a sudden that gets destroyed. So I have to come up with plan C on the fly and figure that out. And so you'd see this, um, you know, one example is like uh, Mickey Mouse and, and the Beanstalk is like, he has to like figure out ways to go do it and getting out of trouble all the time. And so that's just kind of like, kind of cliche, kind of typical uh, use for that. But here it's just like, you know, I'm just gonna get up and walk through lasers, bunch of laser fire, and then I'm gonna push the button. Yeah, I felt like it would be better if like he got hit just as he was about to push the button, and then he's like, "Oh, I got to figure out some way to do it." You know, to get up there and, and do it. And that would have been kind of cool for me. It was like, yeah, if like found the force, you know, to do something or whatever. Yeah, to do it. So like, or like, like he's walking halfway through, 
and you think he's got to push the button, and he's like, oh, wait, I'm going to go kick, kick some bad guys, you know, yeah. ass, whatever, in the middle of it. And then I'm going to push the button. And by, by kicking all those bad guys' ass, I can then um, uh, do the button. Because, like, if you see, when he's introduced uh, to the to us, the viewers, he does, like, some, like, ninja move. I mean, I, I, he uses the word ninjas, but, like, he does a lot of, like, you know, uh, martial arts uh, things that kill a bunch of storm, stormtroopers. Like like that lead to one movement that leads him to kill another uh, movement, or that leads him to pick up a weapon, or or like allows him to like you know do all this cool stuff to use their weaknesses against them. But here, you know, he doesn't use that at all. He's just like, oh, I'll just walk. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but, uh, but yeah. All right. All right. So we're both uh, giving the enthusiast enthusiastic thumbs up with some uh, caveats to Rogue One, I guess. Um, yeah. So we're well, I, and and I pointed out. Out of love, yeah. The movie. I know. I love the movie. It's a great movie. It it's kind of like family. It. Like you're allowed to make yeah. fun of it, but nobody else is. Right. If somebody else makes fun of Rogue One, you're gonna punch them in the grenade or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If Star Wars, Star Trek fans make fun of it, yeah. <laughs> then I'll be like, "Hey, dude, what's up?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when you don your chewy suit. Yeah. <laughs> People need to follow your Instagram to see uh, your you in your chewy suit because it's not just a joke. Uh, yeah, no. Well, maybe it is funny, but it's not. It is actually. <laughs> yeah, funny. I, I, wore, I wore my Chewy outfit, a costume, and uh, um, I had like twenty selfies with strangers <laughs> I've never met before. It was awesome. I was just you know spreading the love. So, what's your uh, Twitter handle? And then I guess it's uh, Telejec T E L E J E C T on Twitters and also on Instagram and and uh, pretty much everything. GitHub, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm at Chris on Twitter. And uh, so, if you have disagreements, arguments, complaints, uh, except for the length of this podcast, that's you're not allowed to complain about because it's free. You could have shut it off a long time ago. Nobody's forcing you to listen. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll, we'll there'll be a director's cut or a special edition of this podcast put out in a couple of years when we add in special effects and uh, a third a third voice that we didn't have the first time. This this Lacroix is going to be a lightsaber. Yeah, I'm holding it up right here. Oh yeah, for the Patreon and folks, that- they'll get a. A special laser disc edition. It's crane raspberry colored lightsaber. <laughs> That's right. And uh, you've been listening on uh, goodstuff.fm, uh, goodstuff.fm slash dailyish, where you can find this podcast. This is episode 193. And uh, we'll be back again someday soon. Thank you for listening or watching on Patreon, patreon.com slash iChris. Goodbye. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for having me. Go see Star Wars. Let me know what your thoughts are. Bye. Bye.